Hello, everybody. It's the first time I've actually turned around and looked at who's here today because I've sat at the, stood at the front with my um, back to most of you. But my name's Olive, for those of you that don't know me, because I'm very aware today that I'm speaking to people who are in my church family, people who are relatives of people in my church family, people who are friends and family of some other people that are in my family. So um, we have to trust that what, what God has given me is going to speak to all of you, and that's been my prayer as I've been preparing um, today, that, that what I have will be something that, that will touch all of you. Um, so we have a meeting, those of you that don't know, um, about once a month, which is called Simply Worship. And at this meeting, it's a time where we just do that. We worship God. Um, and there was one a couple of weeks ago where um, God put a song on my heart about the fact that, um, and it was kind of inspired by that old hymn, This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. I don't know those of you that are old enough to know that one. Um, but it was the essence of the song was the fact that God has given us all a story or a testimony about what God has done for us. And that each one of us who has come into the family of God has got a really valuable and valid testimony to share. And it's as we speak of who God is to us that it will connect with other people and it will inspire other people to want to know God too. And so I was just taking that and thinking about that over some time I was spending with God. And I, as I was doing that, I just felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit say, speak about your story, speak about testimony today. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to um, en en enable, I'm going to hopefully do something. I was thinking about those words, story and testimony. And um, I like definitions, as you know. So um, my prayer is that today what happens is that I'll, in the true style of a story, it will interest you and it will instruct you. But also, because it's a true testimony of what I've found about God in my life, that it will be a, it will be a declaration. It will be a proof of what I've found God to be in my life. Um, it will be a demonstration. The things in, that I share will be a demonstration and a confirmation and an evidence that God is who he says he is, um, that he keeps his word, and that Jesus... It, there's only salvation found in Jesus. So that's kind of my heart for this morning. So I hope that you'll, you'll find something that, as, as Joyce has prayed and Roger has prayed, that you'll listen with the ears of your spirit and not just your natural ears. I don't know, some of you, that might be a strange thing. That might be something you're not familiar with. But you know, God is always speaking, whether we are in a relationship with him or not. And for for, for all of us, we can have ears to hear, and he will speak to us this morning. So that fire that, that Joyce was talking about, let it, let it touch your heart this morning. So before I kind of go into some of that thing, I want to just think a little bit about why. I start to think about, well, why is it important that we share our story or share our testimony? And I think for me, the first thing that I felt God was saying was that it's our way of saying thank you and our way of honoring God for who he is and for what he's done for us. And there's a, there's a psalm, Psalm 145. I knew I needed more space. Hold on. <laughs> I wrote them out so that I didn't get lost. Um, and I love this psalm. It starts by saying, I will extol you, my God and my King. And then it goes on to say that one generation shall commend your works to another. They shall tell of your might, of, your, of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. And it goes through the psalm of saying what they're going to say and what I'm going to say, what they're going to say and what I'm going to say. And I love that fact, isn't it, that, that God has given us all something to say, something to share. Um, and we want to be able to pass that on to one another, don't, I, don't we? We want what I've got to come, to come and to, to bless and encourage you, and I want what you've got to come and bless and encourage me. So that you know, one generation will commend his works to another. We're going to honor God, thank God publicly before one another for what God has done. 
And it's also a way that we pass it on to the next generation, as we've been thinking today about Mike and Flick passing on to their son, that, that actually there's also a way that we pass that on to the literal next generation as well. Um, I was thinking about how, I don't know if you're familiar, but there was a story of, in Luke chapter 8, verse 36 to 39, where Jesus goes across the lake of Galilee, and he meets a man who's possessed by demons. And basically, the, the effect of these demons in his life means that he is confined to living in the graves and the tombs. And sometimes, you know, he was so overpowered by this awful thing in him that he would break free from chains that had held him and run naked. So basically, he was an outcast from his village. People would see him as mad. We would describe him today as, having, as being mad, wouldn't we? And and Jesus meets this man and casts the demons out of him. And the man is clothed and sane and in his right mind. And the people of the place where he lives just couldn't cope with that. They couldn't understand, like, what is this? This is just all a bit too much for us. And they ask Jesus to leave. And as he's going, obviously the man who's now been, been cured, been healed, been set free, um, says, Jesus, can I come with you? Because what, wouldn't you want to? You've, you've been in this mess. And then suddenly Jesus does something and sorts you out. And you want, to, you want to follow him. You want to honor him by, by going with him. But Jesus says to him, no, I want you to go back and tell your family of what the good things that God has done for you. And I think, yeah, that was what Jesus was saying to that man. I want you to honor me and to show that you love me because, by sharing what I've done with you. And so that's another reason why it's important. It gives thanks and honor to God. And I think in that same way, that story links into another reason, which is the way when we tell our stories, when we share the things that God means to us, it's a way that God can bring people into their own relationship with God themselves, so that they too have their own, own story and their own testimony. And again, there's another story in the Bible, I don't know if you recall it, um, where Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at a well, and they have a conversation and basically, Jesus tells her everything about herself, and she's confronted with Jesus. And she goes back into her village, and she says to people, come and see someone who told me everything I ever did. Do you think this might be the Messiah? Because in her time, they were waiting for the Messiah to be revealed. Do you think this might be him? And as a result of what she said, those people came, and they listened to Jesus for a few days for themselves. And at the end of that time, this was what they said. We no longer believe because of what you said. But we've heard for ourselves and know that he is the savior of the world. So our testimony, our sharing of our story can lead people to come and find for themselves and find their own relationship with Jesus as the savior. So that they in turn have their own testimony, their own story to tell. And the other classic example of someone who gave a testimony to who Jesus was that led lots of people to finding that he was the Messiah in the Bible was John the Baptist. So for those, just to remind ourselves, John the Baptist went ahead of Jesus and preached the, the people in, in, in Israel to repent because the kingdom of God was coming. And he was the forerunner of Jesus. He was preparing the way for Jesus to come. And after Je John had baptized Jesus, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And there's a whole lot in the scriptures about how John knew that that was Jesus and that Jesus was the Messiah, signs that God had told him he was going to do. But because of John's testimony, this is the Lamb of God. This is the one we've been waiting for. Lots of those people could then become disciples of Jesus. And they stopped following John and went to follow Jesus. But John didn't mind that because John knew that was his whole purpose, was to give testimony to who Jesus was, because Jesus was the one that he knew everyone really needed to find salvation in. So it's really important that we share our testimony, our story, um, to honor God, but also to help other people in their own journey to find God for themselves. So in a minute, I'm going to share some things from my story. But before I do that, 
I just want to show you that there's actually a greater testimony. So some of you know me, and you might hopefully think, yep, that, that testimony is valid. We know Olive. We know that lives up to who she is. Some of you don't know me at all. <laughs> and you might think, well, who are you? Why should I believe you? Well, I'm going to show you that there's somebody who's made a greater testimony about who Jesus is than mine. <laughs> and that somebody is God. Um, I'm going to read this passage. Bear with it, because it might seem a little bit complicated, but it's, it's a great passage. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation, because I think that's a translation that helps us really grasp it. So it puts it in a kind of language that we, we can understand. And it comes from 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. And it says this. Jesus Christ is the one who was revealed as God's son by his water baptism and by the blood of his cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms this with his testimony. So we have these three constant witnesses giving their evidence. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three are in agreement. If we accept the testimony of men, how much more should we accept the more authoritative testimony of God that he has testified concerning his Son? Those who believe in the Son of God have the living testimony in their hearts. Those who don't believe have made God out to be a liar by not believing the testimony God has confirmed about his Son. This is the true testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life has its source in his Son. Whoever has the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not have the Son does not possess eternal life. So just bear with me, walk, walk with me through this a little bit. So at Jesus' water baptism, when he was baptized by John, God testified that he was his son. There was a voice from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, in you I'm well pleased. So there was the testimony of the water that says, yes, this is God's son. This is the Messiah that we've been waiting for. And at that same time, the Holy Spirit descended, and it says that he, it rested on him. So it didn't just come on him and then leave, it rested on him. Um, and that was then shown by the way that Jesus lived his life. So the manifestations of the Spirit, you know, the things that he was able to do that no other man was able to do. He could heal the sick. He could raise the dead. He could cast out demons. He could set captives free. Um, there were so many things that Jesus was able to do, and it was the evidence of the Holy Spirit in his life. Um, but when I was looking into this, then one of the commentaries, Jameson Commentary, talks about how our stories carry that same evidence. And I was just thinking, yeah, that, that's so true, isn't it? So if we have a story to tell, our story must always begin when we accept the atoning blood of Jesus. So the blood, our stories have the evidence of the blood of Jesus in our lives, um, that we're washed by his blood, that we're born again into his kingdom through his blood. That then we profess our faith through the waters of baptism. And that was something I did when I was about 13. And then we continue to allow his Holy Spirit to work in our lives. You know, it's his Holy Spirit that gives us everything that we need for life and godliness and his Holy Spirit that works in us and through us. So our stories, our testimonies reflect that same one that, that, that reflected Jesus. And it's interesting, isn't it, that in Jesus' day, three, you needed three um, witnesses to, to validate a testimony. <laughs> and that's what God provided, those three things. And it's the same for ours. So I want to challenge you that... I can say for myself, my testimony is true, but there is one who is greater than I, God, who has testified to Jesus, and his testimony is far greater, and we can know that it is the truth. So I'm going to read um, Psalm 23, which is probably a psalm that most of you have heard before, whether or not it's um, 
you're, you're somebody that walks with Jesus at the moment or not. It's, it's a psalm that most of us have heard. Um, but when I was kind of thinking about my story and what the summary of my story was, I just thought, hey, this psalm is just fantastic. And it really um, sh- shows where it is. Sorry, I'm just going in the wrong place. Hold on. Got myself nicely sorted and then I forgot where I was going. Okay, so Psalm 23 says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley... I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord." And I think as I go through some of my story today, you'll see that that is really what God has been. And I think this thing about surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life is really what I I want to say is my testimony about who God is and what God has done and what what he is for me and my testimony of who he is for me. So I'm going to pull out some, some little anecdotes and we'll see how many of them I do depending on how time is going. But I want to start with the most important one of all, really. <laughs> um, and this is that I found when I was lost that Jesus found me and that he saved me through his blood. So I was born into a family of Christians. My parents attended a brethren church. And so I, was always, I always grew up listening to Bible stories, being taught about God and being told about salvation and that I needed to, for my own self, make a decision to have Jesus as my Savior and Lord. So I knew all the truth about it in my head, <laughs> but I also knew that I, I hadn't yet done that. There was a season where I knew I hadn't done that. There was a song, and this is really old, old English, and those of you that are young will probably laugh at this, but it's, it's part, of, part of me and part of my heritage. <laughs> Um, there was a, a song. Um, my, we often used to sing. My mum used to play the piano and they would sing around the piano. Um, and there was a song that she would often sing that I never could understand as a child. But every time she sung it, something cut into my heart. And I wouldn't be able to not want to cry. I just wanted to cry. It just made me want to cry every time that it was sung. And no, it wasn't my mum's bad singing. But something made me want to cry every time that, that, that this song was sung. And sometimes I would make it through just about pulling it together, thinking, no, no, no. And sometimes I'd have to leave the room. And I'm going to read the words. And you're probably going to think, well, what's she on about? But I, maybe you won't. Maybe for you, you know. But I want to read the words because I want it to illustrate a point in a minute. So the words, as I said, this is a very old hymn. There we go. Sorry, get my phone big enough. There were 90 and 9 that safely lay in the shelter of the fold, but one was out on the hills away, far off from the gates of gold, away on the mountains, wild and bare, away from the tender shepherd's care. Lord, thou hast here thy 90 and 9, aren't they enough for thee? But the shepherd made answer, this of mine has wandered away from me, and although the road be rough and steep, I go to the desert to find my sheep. But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed, nor how dark was the night the Lord passed through ere he found his sheep that was lost. Out in his desert he heard its cry, sick and helpless and ready to die. Lord, whence are those blood drops all the way that mark out the mountain's track? 
They were shed for one who had gone astray, ere the shepherd could bring him back. Lord, whence are thy hands so rent and torn? They are pierced tonight by many a thorn. And all through the mountain, thunder rim, and up from the rocky steep, there arose a glad cry to the gate of heaven, Rejoice, I have found my sheep. And the angels echoed around the throne, Rejoice, for the Lord brings back his own. And that song just used to get me. And as I said, for a long time, I didn't get why. Um, but I, I realized that I needed to, to, to make some response to Jesus and, and his cry to me. You see, the thing that was going on in my heart at that time that I didn't get was that he was wooing me. It's another old-fashioned word, isn't it? He was drawing me. He was calling me. He was saying, I love you and I want you. I want relationship with you. I want to know you and I want you to know me. I want you to come out of the world and into this safe place of my fold. I want you to be in a place where I can lead you and direct you and keep you safe from evil. So we've got a story storybook of this and in the storybook you see the little lamb lost out on the rocks and there's a fox or a wolf looking you see we're all at risk of the wiles of the enemy there is an enemy who's out to rob and kill and destroy and the only way we can be safe from that is when we put our lives into the trust of Jesus and so for me I really I understood after a while that I needed to accept what Jesus had done for me I needed to, to to respond to that thing that was going on in my heart that was saying, will you, will you come? Will you give a response to me? And so I did. So I, I accepted Jesus and I decided I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus and follow Jesus. So my first point that I want to say to you today is that um, choosing to accept what Jesus has done on the cross and to decide to follow him as his disciple is the best and most important decision that any of us can make. And I don't know all of you here. I don't know whether some of you have never made that decision. And if you haven't, then I would just say to you, just get to think about that. You see, there's a loving God who woos you. He's drawing you. He wants you. He wants to know you. And it's the best decision anybody can ever make. So that was the start of my journey. And the first thing I would share with anyone, he loves you. He wants to know you. But I also discovered that as his sheep, I could hear his voice and that he gives the Holy Spirit and he gives us a revelation of our, for ourselves. So as I said, I, I grew up in a, in a home where people were Christians. This was kind of a long time ago, <laughs> um, quite a long time ago. Um, and my parents, as I said, were part of a brethren church. And back in that time, um, there was not so much emphasis on being full of the Holy Spirit. And so I started to find out that there was a Holy Spirit, that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit would give us the power that we needed to live the life that God had called us to live, um, and that there were fruits of the Spirit, and that there, was, um, there were gifts of the Spirit, and all sorts of things. And you know how like, you have this feel inside that, that what you're hearing is right, yeah, and that God wants you to respond to it and do something about it. But on the other hand, your head is telling you, I can't understand this. So I was about 15 at this time. I can't understand this because my parents don't believe this. So how can what I think, what do I know kind of thing, be right? And I wrestled with that for a long time. And during that time, it became clear to me that, right, we always need to have a right attitude to parents or to other people who are teaching us. But equally, at the same time, we need to be open to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and to test that before God. And ultimately, we have to follow what the revelation of the Holy Spirit is to us because that's what God is asking of us to do and our first response is to be obedient to him 
And so in time, I yielded to what I felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And for me, that was a really important part of my life, um, really important part of being able to live out my Christian life. Um, so I wanted to just share that, you know, for me, if you need some truth, if you feel like you're not sure about what, what it is to believe, what's true, we hear lots of different things, don't we? There are lots of different things put out there. If we get before God with a humble heart and a teachable heart and say, God, I need your truth, then I can guarantee you that he will speak to you and you will know clearly what the truth is. He is the revealer of truth. Another part of my journey and part of what I want to share with you today is the fact that if you're looking for fulfillment in your life, I can tell you where to find it. You can find it in Jesus and your relationship with God the Father. I can also tell you that you probably won't find it anywhere else. You might think you do, and it might temporarily fix something, but you won't permanently find something that really hits into that part in your heart. Why? Because God has designed us for fellowship with him, for relationship with him. So if we're not in that relationship with him, there's always something, something empty on the inside of us, something that just is making us feel a bit restless or we don't really know what it is. And we all try, don't we, to fill that with all sorts of different things, all sorts of different things that we give our life to, that we give our time to, that we give our attention to, that we strive for. Might be our friends, might be our family, might be our, our, our hobby or our keen pursuit of something, or it might be our career. All sorts of things that fill us up and that, that, that we put our time to. But there's a, there's a song that I love at the moment that has a chorus which says this, I was made by you, I was made for you, and I'm unfulfilled without full communion. And I think for me that really sums up God's heart. You know, he made us in the first place. Why did he make us? Because he wanted relationship with us. He made us for him. And we will be unfulfilled if we don't enter into that full communion with him, which is made possible through Jesus. And I want to tell you a little bit about a dream I had once. I'm not going to go into the whole thing because it's getting a bit vague now. I can't even remember when this was. But the, the essence of the dream was that God was telling me, what are you going to put your life to? What's going to be first in your life? What's going to be your first love? Um, and in this dream, I was in this building that was ram-packed with people. Ram-packed, you know, can get the, the feel of it. Ram-packed with people who are all, like, vying for each other is the only way I can put it. The whole, the, the sense of it being that there is this selfish, greedy, I've got to find something. And, and it was almost like lust is the word that came to my mind at the time. And I remember being in this place thinking, what am I going, where, where, where's, and it was almost like, where's the one for me? And I remember standing there thinking, this is just awful, I don't like this place. And then right over far away I saw a man beckon me and in my dream I knew this was Jesus and I went fought my way through all of these things out to where he was and he took me out to an open top sports car <laughs> if you know me God knows me <laughs> and took me on a drive um, on a mountainous cliff path you know me God knows me <laughs> with sea on the right hand side <laughs> and took me to this beautiful cottage which had a garden in the rocks and overlooking the sea where he prepared a meal for me. And he'd spent time choosing the ingredients for this meal and he'd spent time cooking this meal and sharing this meal with me. And I share that because what God spoke to me through that was, if you will put me first and spending time with me first in your life, you will be in that place of finding your fulfillment in life. That actually, if you chase after all these other things, it won't be the same. It's a bit like Roger was talking about the story of Mary and Martha. You know, we're so 
ingrained in our culture that we have to do all the time, aren't we? That we forget sometimes that actually what God wants is for us to be, to be in relationship with him, to, to spend time with him, to just enjoy that. I mean, the fact that he was doing all that for me, you know, we think we've got to do stuff for God. Don't we? And sure we do. You know, we want to serve God. But he was doing all this for me. It's like he knew me so well. He knew what was going to really bless my heart. He knew what I would love. But just wanting to spend that time with him. Um, and God spoke to me a lot about having a divided heart at that point. Because often we think, well, yeah, we're, we're for God. But often our heart can be divided and we'll give God a bit of it. But maybe some other things in our hearts still have their place. God spoke to me about wanting me to have an undivided heart, a heart that was totally his and a heart that was totally for him and that would would prioritize that time with him. Have I been perfect at doing that? No. (laughs) Has God been gracious to me? Yes. Is it a desire of my heart to be like that, to always take time to be with him? Yes. Um, And I can remember seasons in my life, you know, I can remember when my children were young and I'd was spending time with God a lot when I had moments to do so when they were sort of at nursery or whatever. And people would always be saying, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it was always like a really awkward question to answer. Well, actually, I'm just being with God. You know, and you feel, you can feel very devalued. But like Roger was saying about what, what Jesus' response to Mary was, Mary has chosen the better thing. To spend time with God is never invaluable, never lost, never time wasted. So my story, my testimony to you is... If you choose to find fulfillment in Jesus, you won't ever be disappointed. It's the best place to place your hope and to find your fulfillment. In that psalm, it also talks about how he directs our paths. And I want to share with you as well how God is the director of my path, how he's always guided me and he's always directed me. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6 is a classic verse that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And my testimony is that this is true. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a little minute. There's another lovely verse that I found in the Passion Translation in Psalm 37, verse 5, which says, Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. I just thought that was lovely. Isn't that, isn't that so nicely put? Trust God with, with your life acknowledging him a long way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. I don't know about you, um, maybe you're a good decision maker, maybe you trust yourself to guide yourself through life. Not sure that I trust myself, but I'm really glad that I've had a guide and a counsellor through my life, someone who will direct my path so that I take the straight path. So I take the path that doesn't mean that I'm falling off or stumbling over rocks or in danger of falling over the edge. You see, we all have choices to make, don't we? And if we acknowledge God in all of our choices, then it says that he'll make our path straight. And if I think of an example, um, um, one, of my, one of the examples for me was was in in terms of college when I went off to university. And it's interesting, isn't it, that sometimes God gives us back the choice. So I was, you know, saying, God, where shall I go to college, hoping that I'd only get one offer so then I'd know where to go and I wouldn't have to make the choice. But of course, God doesn't work like that sometimes, does he? He wants us to grow and to mature in what we're learning. And so I had ended up having to make a choice. And I can remember saying, well, God, I don't know where to go. Which one shall I go? Shall I go here? Where's the right? What's the right thing for me to do? And we can get very caught up by that. What's the right thing for me to do? And you know, the Spirit of God said to me, you choose. I trust you to choose. 
You know, and sometimes God does that because he's walking with us. I love the verse which says that um, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's not that, I don't, for me, that doesn't just mean that he'll give me all the things that are in my heart that I want. It means that as I delight in him, he gives me his desires. And when his desires are in my heart, then, then I'm walking in the path that he wants me to walk in. So my testimony is, you know, he guides me. Sometimes he gives me that choice. At other times, the choice that we have to make is a bit countercultural. Um, and so one big choice is about who you're going to marry. <laughs> I picked the right one, it's all right. <laughs> but when I was a student, um, there was a guy I quite liked. Um, and he quite liked me, like, like happens, you know. And I remember thinking I wanted to go out with him. But when I was spending time with God, I felt the Spirit of God say to me, you're only to go out with the person you're going to marry. Now, please don't take that on yourself. This is what God said to me, right? You only need to go out with the person you're going to marry, and it's not him. So I felt God was saying, don't do that then. So that was hard. And I'm, I remember even saying, God, well, everyone else does it. Because <laughs> they do, don't they? People go out with everybody. Yeah, everyone else does it. But I just, I had a choice at that point. Am I going to go my own way with the possible consequences of heartbreak and all the rest of it for one or the other or both of us? Or am I going to listen to what the Spirit is saying? And am I going to follow him and am I going to trust him? And I decided, fortunately, to follow him and trust him and let go of this other guy. And it's a good job I did because it was only about three or four months later that somebody sitting on the front row here plucked up the courage to ask me to go out with him. Finally decided that he couldn't get me out of his system. I was there to stay, but actually it was all right. I was meant to be there to stay. Uh, and I'm so grateful for, to God that um, he gave me Roger as my husband. He couldn't have picked a better person. I, I probably wouldn't have picked him back then because he wasn't like what I thought. But God knows, our, God knows better, better than us. Sorry, should I not have said that? God knows better than us, doesn't he? I did love him by then, don't worry. But I did really like him. But he wasn't like my, you know, you have, you, you have this imagination about what your guy is going to be like, don't you? Come on, we do. Well, ladies, we do, don't we? Can't speak for you blokes, don't know what you think. But we do. We have this ideal bloke, you know. And I have to say to any of you that are waiting for your husband, your ideal bloke probably doesn't look like anything like he, you think he's going to look like. But trust God, <laughs> you'll know him when you, when you see him. <laughs> <laughs> so God guides us, direct my, directs our paths. My story, my, my testimony is that if we acknowledge God, we have to do that, don't we? He won't just do it. You know, he doesn't force his way on us. He gives us that choice to acknowledge him and to say, God, I, I want you in this. I want you to guide me in this. We have to allow him to do that. But if we do that, he will guide our paths. Have I always listened and made it right? Probably not. But I, my heart is to do that. And my trust is that, you know, and I know that as I've done that, he has guided me and directed me where I, would, where I needed to go. He always provides us the hope that we need and a promise to stand on. I find in my life that God has always gone before me. If there's going to be something a bit, oh, happening. And it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, you just get this sense and you don't always understand what that sense is until a bit later. He prepares us and he equips us so that we're able to stand when something perhaps that's a bit of a challenge or a trial comes our way. And my testimony here is that he's, he who promised is faithful. God keeps his promises. And there are lots of them we could think about and talk about. I'm going to bring two out. One, <laughs> linked to Joyce here, um, and Bethan, who you've heard pray this morning. There was a time where Joyce said to me, God is telling me that you should pray Psalm 91. Pray on it, meditate on it. She didn't know why, but she just told me I needed to do it. So I did, because I'm a bit scared of Joyce. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> But when Joyce tells you something, I mean, I mean that respectfully. When Joyce tells you something, you know you better go and do it because it's going to be from God. That's what I mean. <laughs> 
So I did. But then, like, several months, as I recall, went past. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know what that was all about. But here you go. There we go. And then there was a night where Bethan went down with really bad appendicitis. And being a really bad mum, I'd completely missed that she had appendicitis. So by the time the, we got to the hospital, the, the poor thing, it had burst. And she'd had all sorts of gunk in her system. And I mean a lot of gunk. And the surgeon had said, what a horrendous mess it was inside of her. And she was in hospital for a week puking up the most lurid green you could think of, <laughs> and being really not well. And there was the, probably the first night after her operation, I was in hospital with her, and she had a really high fever. And, you know, and what it says um, in Psalm, 90, the, Psalm 91, the last verse of that, um, or the last couple of verses of that say, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honour them, and I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. And it's great, isn't it, when God has gone before you? And So I just spent the night praying that, that God, you've promised long life, and you've promised to rescue those that love you. And wasn't it great that God had gone before and prepared the way? And I'm really grateful, as is Roger, that Bethan's alive and kicking to tell the tale, and I'm sure Scott is too. <laughs> and we all are. So that's one, one time where God went before and prepared the way, gave me something to stand on at a time when I needed it. And just thinking today is a day of um, Mike and Flick dedicating their son, isn't it? And as parents, we need promises of God for our children because there probably are going to be times where it's, you kind of think, what's going on with my children? Yeah, maybe not always, but sometimes there will be. And I love this, that um, when my kids were small, can't tell you what sort of age, but, you know, probably I've got three children. So they were probably between the ages of eight and... 13, I don't know, something like that. Um, and I was just praying and reading um, about them. And, and this is what the Holy Spirit quickened to me as a promise for my children. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid, for I will pour water on the thirsty land. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. One will say, I belong to the Lord. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob, and still another will write on his hand the Lord's and will take the name Israel. And, you know, I love, again, for me, that was really fun. I had three kids. My youngest child at that age used to be forever drawing on her hand. And I just thought, this, this is not even a scripture for children. This is spoken over Israel. But, you know, this is how the Holy Spirit brings the word to life and quickens things. I just thought, you know, this was God's promise to me, that he would um, be the God of all of my children. And that's a promise that I stand, stand on and hold on to and that I know God is faithful to fulfill because that's, that's what he said and he is a faithful God who fulfills promises. So I can stand and say God fulfills promises, some of which I've seen, some of which I'm waiting to see, but I know God is faithful to his word. And, and, and I would encourage you to believe that if there are things that you, you need a word of hope from, then ask him because he gives us those words of hope um, and those words to equip us for what we're standing through. I find as well that God is my source of strength, my source of comfort, and my source of joy. Sometimes we have times in life when things are a bit overwhelming. For all of us, those things will happen at different points. You know, Some of us have low thresholds and we get overwhelmed quite easily. Some of us have really high thresholds and don't seem to. It's not about judging where or not, what or doesn't or does, does or doesn't overwhelm people. But the fact is we will all have times where we feel a bit overwhelmed by things for whatever reasons. And I had one such season where children, teenagers going on. I had, my, I had a new job, which quite frankly, I felt totally out of my depth in, didn't have a clue what I was doing. <laughs> um, 
My mother was ill, was in hospital, needed lots of visits, and then needed me to choose a care home for her. And I don't know if any of you have ever done that, but that is probably the hardest thing you ever have to do, to think, uh, what's going to be the best place for her? And she had some very specific needs that scared me a bit silly to, to know where to go. And I was just feeling, I can remember saying, God, I can't do this. I'm overwhelmed by this. But then, you know, as you take these things to God, the, the words to this song um, became my theme tune in this season. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. And again, I just find that, you know, as we take those things to God, he gives us what we need. He's promised, hasn't he, to be what we need in any time. His grace is sufficient for us. And there was another verse, the joy of the Lord is your strength, that became very real to me in that season. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it, how like in the natural, we can be in a season where joy isn't the thing that comes to mind. But actually, you can have a joy deep down inside of your heart that can't be explained and that people who don't know God can't even get to the bottom of. But it's there because despite your circumstances and the things that are overwhelming you and the things that are challenged you right now, you have the joy of the Lord. And that joy can be a real strength. So I can say that whatever your circumstances are, and some of you will be going through circumstances that are a lot harder than that little one, couple that I've, I've said about. Whatever your circumstances, God is faithful. And God will be your joy. God will be your strength. God will be your source and your sufficiency in all of those things. Then identity and acceptance. We all want to know who we are. We all want to be loved. We all want to feel like we fit in that we've got a people that we belong to, that we're loved, that people understand us. <laughs> the trouble is, we don't always love and understand ourselves, or we not understand, we don't always love and accept ourselves, do we? And sometimes, maybe we've had the misfortune of other people not loving and accepting us as well. And that means we can sometimes end up with a bit of a warped view of ourselves. Sometimes it's true that it's what people have said. Sometimes it's just our perception of what people have said. But either way, we can end up feeling unloved or feeling judged or feeling unaccepted or not knowing who we really are. And I think we probably all go through seasons of that in different ways. Um, But I want to say to you today that if you will allow God to reveal himself to you as your father, then you'll find who you really are and you'll find your identity and you'll find your acceptance and you'll find the truth about how loved you are and how wanted you are. And how he sees you. It's his identity that, 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 that frames us. I love the words in that Jonathan and Melissa Health song that says about God. Your thoughts define me. You're inside me. You're my reality. And I think so often we can have the wrong thoughts going around in our head about who we are. About what we're like. And we need to say, God, what do you say about me? You know, and for me, God has spoken. I'm his daughter. He loves me. I'm precious in his sight. He values me. He likes my quirkiness, my creativity, my jump off the wall with a bit too much enthusiasm sometimes. That sometimes, you know, I've had people say, just calm it down. Okay, sorry. You know, it can shape us, can't it? But those times where we just feel, oh, what have I got to give? Um, people don't understand. All of those different things that come our way sometimes. And, you know, when we really understand our identity with God as our Father, and that he loves us unconditionally, he accepts us for who we are, then it gives us a freedom. It gives us a freedom from having to please people. It gives us a freedom from worrying about what other people think of us. 
because actually we get our eyes on the fact, God, it's about what you think about me. I'm going to bypass and look at what you think of me because not everybody is going to get me. Not everybody's going to love me, but you do. And you've created me this way. You've made me this way. And I bring you glory when I'm myself. And so it's a journey that all of us are on. And I think it goes on through all of our lives at different layers. But I just want to share with you today that if you struggle with who you are and your identity, knowing your acceptance, then I invite you to ask God to reveal himself to you as as your father and to show you what he thinks about you and who you are and how he accepts you and how he loves you. Um, and what he sees for you, and he'll bring you that security. So if I summarized my story, my brief story today, it's one about God's goodness and mercy, his loving kindness, the fact that he goes before me, the fact that he's always with me, and that he's faithful. God was gracious enough to reveal himself to me when I was young, and I chose to follow him, and that's been a continuous thing. I've had to keep choosing to be his disciple, to keep following him. But as I've done so, what I've seen is that not only did God remove the guilt and the curse of sin from my life through what Jesus did, but he's also removed, he's removed the effects of it. He's delivered me from evil. I used to think when I was growing up, you know, I used to go to things and people's testimonies would always be, oh, I was in this mess or I was addicted to millions of drugs or all this. And people's testimonies always say, oh, and on the 6th of September at 2 p.m., I gave my life to Jesus. And I could never say when that. I just knew that gradually I'd become to that, I'd come to that place. I used to feel that my testimony was invalid, that people wouldn't be able to relate to it. But I've been thinking recently how, actually, do you know what? My testimony proves that if you give your life to God, and follow God first, seeking first him and his kingdom, he will lead you in a path that's straight. He'll deliver you from evil. Not only, and he'll give you an identity and purpose and fulfillment and all those things that we actually are looking for in life, not only now, but also going on into eternity where I'll spend, heaven, spend in heaven with him. So, you know, I, my prayer and my hope is that, actually, do you know what? I hope people will look at my life and think, I want to be in that safe place, that safe fold. You know, going back to that song about Jesus, the good shepherd, wanting us in his fold. doesn't mean he wants us in a little enclosure that we never get out of. It means he wants to keep us safe. So overnight, when it's, there's danger, we're in that fold, and he is in the door, keeping us safe from any predators that come. Then when it's day and there's pasture to go out to, he leads us out and takes us into that place. He guides us through our life. But you know what? I'm in a safe place. I'm protected and kept by the love and the mercy and the goodness of God. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And my prayer is for people I know, and maybe if there's some of you in this room, if you don't know that, there's a safe place that God wants to place you in, whereby you too can have a story that talks about the goodness of God following you all the days of your life. So in a minute, I'm just going to give us a bit of time to respond to some of these things, but I'm just going to read a poem that um, I wrote (laughs) when I was preparing this sermon. Break the mold. (laughs) It's an acrostic poem. Any of you that doesn't know what one of those is, that means that the first letter of each line is going to spell something. See if you can work it out. Faithful, this is what you are to me. Always near, always with me, always for me. I find who I am in you. I am fulfilled in communion and fellowship with you. Trustworthy, totally trustworthy I found you to be. Helper, healer of my body, healer of my heart. Father, friend, forgiver of my sins. Undeniably good to me, unbelievably patient with me. 
United in you, I know who I am. Lovingly leading me, the one I lean on. God's so good to me. You've been so, so good to me. One with you, I find my life. Dead to sin, free from its guilt and curse and consequences, and alive in your righteousness. More than enough for me in every season. You are my life, my breath, my everything. Redeemer, you ransomed my life for relationship. Only God, who paid the price to save me and bring me into his family, called me, came to my rescue, continually cares for me. Kindness that led me to repentance and goes before me every step of my life. Faithful God, my rock. I'm going to ask Phil if he'd just come and play for us, please. And I want us just to spend a few minutes in response. Some different things I felt that God wanted to just challenge each one of us. So why don't you just, um, let's stand, let's stand before God and then just close your eyes. The first challenge I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted to give today was that maybe there's some of you in this room or maybe even some people that listen to this as people pick up the, the podcast and you've never given your life to Jesus you've never come into that safety of his sheepfold you're still out there on the mountains lost and maybe you're hearing you're feeling that call there's something inside that you don't really understand but you know there's somebody calling you and that somebody is Jesus saying I've paid the price for your sin I want you in my family. I want relationship with you. I want to know you and for you to know me. And I want you to walk in the freedom that I can give. And I want you to walk in the safety of my shelter. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, then today might be that day for you. And if so, I would just encourage you just to speak that out to him. And then afterwards, there's some people that are going to be over by the prayer um, banner over here go and talk to someone about it or talk to someone that you know because the Bible says it's with our heart that we believe that Jesus is God and it's with our mouth that we confess that he is our Lord so I believe that God is giving an invitation today he wants to have his 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 um, sheepfold full it's not enough for him that there are 99 in there he wants you and he's drawing your heart today maybe as I spoke about some different things that God has been to me, there are some things that you thought, I need God to be that for me. There are other things and you might find that there's something that God has been speaking to you about. Again, just ask him now that whatever it is you need him to be, that he will come and reveal himself and be that for you. Yeah, God, I pray that if there's anyone in this room that needs to know that they are loved by you, and accepted by you, that you would come and bring that revelation that you are their father and they don't have to worry about what other people think, but they will know that you are their father and you love them and that you're for them. Lord, I pray for people that need your direction and guidance, that they would find that you are directing their steps as they acknowledge you in all their ways. Lord, I pray for those who are finding, situation, finding themselves in a situation that's a bit overwhelming. 
Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that your grace would pour upon them, that you would be sufficient for them in this season, that they would know that your love will carry them, that your joy, despite the circumstances, will be their strength. God, for any heart in here that's got no hope, Lord, I pray that you would speak your word. Go before people and speak words that they need to hear, that they can hold on to, and then bring their own testimony that God is faithful. He has fulfilled his word and his promises to me. the Holy Spirit wanted to challenge all of us what is your story what is your testimony to God mine summarizes as faithful God my rock what's your testimony what's your story about who God is to you think about it meditate on it and be ready to share it because there are people out there who need to hear our stories who need us to be giving testimony to who we found God to be, who Jesus is to us, so that they can hear and then go and find for themselves and come into that place of relationship with themselves and have their own stories to tell. fulfillment is in you. Our security and our safety is in you. Our acceptance is in you. Jesus, I pray that you would put our stories of who you are readily on our lips to share with other people. That more and more people can come to know who you are and your goodness and your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name.